I really love that you have the like Quidditch uh, Ted Lasso style microphone that you got to like hold right up to your face, Mayor. <laughs> oh, at least today we'll actually be able to see Chad and he won't be calling in from the back cave. It's true. But I can turn the lights out and you got to put the curtains up so it's really dark if you want. <laughs> hey, neighbor, welcome to Lawn Beers, the pop culture podcast lovingly served up with a side of nerd. If the text message alert noise on your phone is R2D2, guilty, then this is your podcast. Pull up your folding chair. We're just getting started. Welcome yeah. back, friends. Exactly. This is the podcast you're looking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are back in action after after quite a break. How's how's everybody doing? Not caffeinated right, enough. <laughs> I, can't, I can't complain i really i really can't i mean it could be worse i could and be living in, in in africa where there's a coup going on in my country so could be worse or or be in canada i mean it's cold up there or you yeah. could be a vapor farmer on tattooing now is it vapor farmer or is it moisture farmer because i've seen it both now and i'm oh. curious and is it and is it a is it a competitive industry like vapors and moistures are like the hatfields and mccoys I, or, I would assume so. Or like okay. kale and organic kale in the People's Republic of Brooklyn. <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, because if we're gonna if we're gonna dive right into this, when I was watching Fed, they talked about vapor farmers. But then when Luke's uncle was a moisture farmer, so it's on the same planet. It's of the same industry. What's the differentiation between the two? I think one's a little damper than the other, but you know, <laughs> that's really about it. You catch some in the morning and some in the afternoon. It's the day and night shift. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's a uh, first shift and third shift versus like second shift, I think is, is the difference there. Or like you said, it's, it's um, the difference between like working at Blink Fitness or working at Equinox, right? Like it's all branding. It's fair. There's definitely, I think there's a copyright uh, battle going on right now in the, um, New Republic uh, over whether it should be called moisture farmer or vapor farmer. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing from the lawyers in the next episode on that one. Yeah, because they're going to have to address that and clearly uh, Tuscan Raiders versus Sand People because apparently that's getting a rebrand too. Uh, I'm always I've always been a Tuscan Raider guy, but Sand People's derogative derogatory can't have it. Well, I, I just, I found it interesting that in, that what we've gotten in Boba Fett has been their entire backstory, which was interesting. I don't know that I ever needed to know it, but now that I understand that that mask situation they have is more like breathing apparatus because they used to exist underwater, it makes a whole lot more sense. It does. But also if your seas have dried up, why didn't you go find somewhere else that's wet? Yeah. Well, because you'd have to get a ship and get off world. They they seem pretty primitive for that level of sophistication. I, I could just imagine a Tuscan Raider showing up at the uh, you know uh, travel depot there on Tatooine, being like, "Yeah, I'd like a ticket to a water planet, please." Well, or they could, you know, I mean, the Jawas don't seem all that technologically advanced until they come back with some badass space carburetor that they crimped off somebody else's <laughs> ship out of nowhere here I'm just this to you and then that poor guy sitting at the bar is going how why is my ship starting what the hell can we talk that, about emissions yeah we gotta talk about that right now because that is the favorite part of the, this last episode for me was the like hot rod souped up stolen parts spaceship stuff that was the best that was fine but you had to choose a ship from the worst three star wars movies you had to pick 
the Anakin baby days to find one ship that is cooler than the rest of them. Like that is such a weird dichotomy between the two. I can just imagine the conversation between Dave Filoni and George Lucas on that one. George is like, Oh yeah, Dave, I'd really like you to use one of my ships from the first three. Uh, Dave's like, yeah, but do we have to? And he goes, yeah, if you want to keep using the name star Wars, you have to. He's like, okay. And then they're like, all right, well, how do we make this cool? And we make it into a, you know, fifties hot rod souped up, you know, it, it really is like the, you know, they used to soup up the model T's right in the fifties and make them these badass race cars. That's what this is. Dave Filoni doing the star Wars. Equivalent of, a, of, of American let, graffiti. Yeah. American graffiti. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. So the interesting yes. thing on that, I thought was number one, I, I didn't know this. I actually looked it up cause I was I sort of fascinated. So George Lucas as a young teenager was totally obsessed with hot rods and muscle cars. And that was sort of the inspiration for American graffiti, um, had built himself a hot rod and got in a spectacularly awful accident. And that was what he just that like it's I don't know early 1960s is when he decided you know what maybe this isn't a really safe choice for me and that's actually what prompted him to decide to go into film. I was like that's probably why he in American Graffiti had that spectacular crash scene and they all walked away from it and like decided to change their lives based on that. That's interesting. That's a really great correlation between the two. And, and I thought it was so cool. And, and also like, it explained a lot of what happened with the starfighter ship in this most recent episode, because I think you get two things happening here. So the star Wars that we all grew up with is not necessarily the star Wars that the target audience is right. So you're talking about a lot of folks who came in with the, the follow-up trilogy, right? They didn't come in with new hope. They came in with, they blew um, in with the Gungans. Yes, exactly. Like Jar Jar Binks is not a bad word to them. Like they don't understand. I know. Yes, it is. I think that a lot of this season has been an appeal to those younger viewers by bringing in those touch points because we're enmeshed in a world that's inherently familiar to us, right? Like everything about Moss Eisley, Moss Espa, which by the way, the cantina on Moss Espa is like what Moss Eisley would be if it had slightly more money, right? Like it's... (laughs) It's the Walmart versus Target. The ceilings are a little higher. The lights are a little brighter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, totally. So, so let's, let's back up and uh, pull back up on the, the 10,000 foot overview from the Starfighter uh, before we get pulled over by uh, the New Republic police. <laughs> we had <laughs> absolute embarrassment of riches with the Star Wars series and Boba Fett was kind of the gift we didn't know we were going to get because it's like Mandalorian season 2.5, you know, it's kind of, well, especially after last night. So yeah. what, prior to last night's viewing, what have your thoughts been on the book of Boba Fett? It should have been called the back to the back to like, that should have been the title rather than the book of Boba Fett. Cause the, the, my, my, I love, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm so excited about this series, but my only problem with it is the, the way the story is being told in these pieces and parts where we're having these flashbacks. It's, it's for my 15 year old, who's also a huge star Wars nerd. It's confusing. Like I have to pause the show and be like, okay, no, we're in modern times right now. But then he just got back done from flashing back. And so why we didn't start with Fett emerging like the Sarlacc, right? Out of the, out of, out from the pit, which by the way, Patton Oswald called that in 2013. And, and I think that these guys deliberately ripped that off from him. Um, just so all of us nerds had something to talk about, but let's start there and then build the story from there to get to where we are modern day. 
that would help me, you know, and I mean, I see the, the problem with the plot in that though, is there's that whole section from season two where Boba Fett's off world uh, with, um, Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan. Thank you. And, and so that would have to fit in this story somewhere. So I, there's some awkwardness there, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that story storytelling for me would have been like, okay, cool. I get it. Yeah. I think, but I think for a lot of the reasons he makes certain decisions in this season, you have to have those in media res flashback moments to understand where he's come from, what lessons he learned, the sort of ways that he thinks about working within the Moss Eisley world. Prime world. Yeah. Well, it just, it, it all plays back to like what he, like what he learned when he was with the Tusker Raider sand people. Are we just going to make it one whole thing now? Tusker Raider sand people. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. It could all sort of like blur together. It's like, you sand, know, sand Raiders, Tuscan people. Sand Raiders actually sounds kind of cool. Like that sounds like a, like a, a single a ball club from Las Vegas. <laughs> I was thinking it was some like leftover rockabilly club that plays in Reno. See right church, wrong pew. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I do see the, the, the jump back and forth for the younger 15 viewing audience that maybe isn't as ingrained as us nerds are like having to stop and explain those different bits and pieces is, is kind of a challenge, but I do think it does set up really well. Some of the lessons learned and some of the ways that he maneuvers as the leader in, in the whole space of Moss Eisley and Moss Espa. So I, I honestly I keep... think they could have, and I'm going to just step on Chad's sentence. I think they could have probably called the first two episodes, <laughs> the exposition dump, because that's all it was. <laughs> like dumping out the trash can. Yeah. And then I, I, episode one is exposition dump. Episode two is back to the back teen tank. Like that's yes. And then we can go on from there. Back teen tank just sounds like it hurts every time you say it. Just, I, But you know what? This is a misbranding just... opportunity. Like they could have partnered with them. The green yeah, and totally. white. Yes. And little, little like a Bactine logo on the, yeah. on the tank. Totally. <laughs> Just write it out in our best. Nobody would have known what it was, but people like right. real Uber fans would have been like, wait, wait a minute. That says Bactine. <laughs> <laughs> I must run out to Walgreens right now and get some Bactine. Which is going to be followed by a, which is, this is going to be followed by a, this fucking guy segment where like some guy in Reno submerges himself in an entire bathtub full of Bactine. The Bactine challenge. Scuba equipment. Oh God. Why did you say that, Andrew? Now there's going to be a bunch of like, you know, Gen Z kids out there drinking Bactine. Thank you. TikTok and some Bactine. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry, Chad. Go ahead, dude. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, okay. So we, so we have this limited series, lots of exposition. Um, I, I think the highlight prior to last night's episode was definitely the mod parlor because I didn't see that coming. I was like, Oh, okay. And, and now, so apparently Fennec is like at least 25% robot because that yep. seemed like some major organs got replaced there. It seems yep. like every major organ got replaced there. It seems like now she's not hungry ever. Um, but I will say that it was spectacularly done in terms of the visuals and the idea of the mod parlor because they set that up with the, the youths that he employs in their really silly colored Vespas that they ride around on. The one with the big glasses, like I'm going to be really disappointed if his character name is not Peepers because he looked exactly <laughs> like those little plastic wine <laughs> toys. Oh, <laughs> the whole mod shop idea though has been around since the very beginning because, you know, Darth Vader is 
mostly cyborg, right? Mm -hmm. Luke gets his hand cut off. It's a cyborg hand. So this is a really nice way to, I think, to connect the old canon with some of the new stuff. Like you were saying, Andrew, there might even be an undertone of art imitating life here. Like, you know, it's okay to be different. You still have value, even though you're a street gang. That part for me was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And that whole street gang thing, I'm not sure what that, there definitely is some reference that that goes to, I don't know, maybe it was uh, the movie, the warriors or something, but uh, that whole street gang, you know, genre was thrown in there, which is, is fun. I, maybe it's West side story too. Cause there's the bright colors of the Vespas, you know, it's like, I kind of hoping that they would just yeah, snap it out as they, the as they're, as they're walking down the, walking down the street, like, why not? But there was such an anticlimactic car chase scene, car chase, quote unquote, um, just such a weird way to make that happen when you've got things like speeders and you've had really great chase scenes in some of the older movies. And even this scene in the last uh, episode with the ship, like, you know, getting pulled over, even that's silly, but it's like such a better way to talk about vehicles in the, in the universe. And then you have this really sort of, like I said, a moped chase. It's a Vespa chase. I honestly think they were saving budget because if you'll notice like sort of the same way that like a lot of the Marvel series had much bigger show pieces, the later on you got in the series. Um, that's the only other reason I could come up with for the fact that like the other Mandalorian last night, like the big thick one is John Favreau. Right. So it's like, Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Like we're, we're just, we're not spending any extra money on casting, get John Favreau in here to do this and we'll, we'll tie a vocal quarter to him and it'll be great. Um, yeah, and you it know, was, he's, He's SAG though, so they still got to pay him, you know. Yeah, that's true. A dime for that. So <laughs> yeah, but he's friends, so I think he gets the friends and family rate, like him and Bryce Dallas Howard and all the other folks that are part of this. Which I'm yeah. super glad that like she got to write an episode or two. Like they were really great episodes. So, um, which I was excited. Yeah. yeah, speaking of directors, I, I was excited to see Robert Rodriguez in the mix this this season because I lo- I've always loved his storytelling, and of course, you know, he has to throw Danny Trejo in there. Oh, so good. <laughs> I know. It's like, thank you for that obvious Easter egg, folks. But, um, and, and that episode two, which is episode three, which is the, the I think that was a street gang one, right? And the um, black, uh, I don't know how you say it, Chris Stan, the Wookiee, the black Wookiee. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that dude. Like, I, I, I hope that he's part of the muscle at the end of Gathering Storm, right? He, he says, you know, I need, I need some muscle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm hoping he comes in. He's part of that gang too. Cause his, his uh, just sort of like, I'm a angry Wookiee is a fun new twist on the Wookiee species. Well, if he, if they let Robert Rodriguez direct the final episode of the season, you can, you can bet that Danny Trejo will be there. So it'll be oh, like yeah. evil Wookiee Mandalorians and machete, which, you know, <laughs> machete, <laughs> I mean, machete with a rancor. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't mind me. I just have this extraordinarily dangerous pig warthog animal giant thing. Like no big deal. That's what's your uh, complex? <laughs> what's your emotionally what? complex? Like friend, why don't we just decide to throw that in Danny Trejo? I know I get it. Like you, change your ways but that is such a that was such a weird phrase in there that he was like it, it threw everything off but it i don't know it's I, the same uh, it's the same level of comedy though as as uh mando getting pulled over by the new republic it's the same <laughs> like kind of like okay like you know really this is really going to happen it's 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 to, to me that line was in there for fun that's like a total danny trion line like yeah. he would say something like that 
And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm voting for naming the Rancor Machete. So, oh my gosh, that would be great. We should start a Twitter campaign. Like, what's the Rancor's name? Does it have one yet? It should be Machete. Hashtag Machete. <laughs> so, or Desperado. Yeah, either, either one. Yeah, yeah, literally anything from an early Robert Rodriguez film. It totally makes sense. It's so, so brings us up to last night's episode, which was totally different from the whole rest of the series. So yeah, it was an A team episode. Oh my God. So good. I was yelling at the television, like from the opening sequence where like, okay, we're in a a butcher shop, a a galactic butcher shop. And also why are you cutting? Why are you not using lightsabers to cut meat? That just seems like way more efficient rather than those bone saw things. And then you saw the outline and I was like, does he have the spear? Does he have the spear? And you can see the spear behind his gun sight. And you're like, yes, I did not expect uh, like, oh, by the know. way, spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts, people spoiler so, alerts. listening. Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Well, spoiler alerts. Spoiler, yes. Yeah. So we should spoiler back alerts. up. <laughs> if you have not actually watched episode, this episode yet, just Go watch it. Yeah. Yes. It's called return of the Mandalorian. So I'm pretty sure you've probably got a generally good idea of what's happening there. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. This fucking guy might not know. So, <laughs> so, okay. So opening scenes, He's walking in and I literally have no idea other than that, like Mando's going to end up with Boba at some point. I have no idea what's happening in the intervening moments, which was glorious. And also I did not expect to enjoy the head in a bag gag as much as I did. <laughs> oh, I had to go back and watch the beginning twice because he comes out with the head and there is a part in there from a sound effect standpoint. I mean, you can see the glow of the dark saber mm-hmm. and then you hear this little like last noise right which is him cutting the head off with the dark saber and and i didn't catch it the first time through and i was like okay how does he walk out with the head like it didn't it didn't click to me the first time because i was so probably pumped up and you know full of adrenaline watching the show like you i was like yelling at the television my 15 year old was yelling at the television my you know wife and daughters are in the other room and they're freaking out they're like what's wrong what's wrong <laughs> <laughs> so it was a great moment, but, but yeah, so yeah, all of that was, I, I love the head too. That, that is, there are all these little MacGuffins they throw in there like that, like something in a box, something in a bag um, is fantastic. And the, like the little ultraviolet, like symbols that he's following on the gangplank, you're like, okay, who's he meeting? Like I, I'm, you see the mythosaur at the last moment. So you're like, all right. And then I had kind of forgotten which Mandalorians were left. So I was like, are these going to be the Death Watch Mandalorians? Are these going to be the Night Owls? And now that we understand the backstory about the Night Owls, it makes the Death Watch Mandalorians seem way too intense. A little bit. I think it was good to like have that catch up because I think that kind of got lost at the end of Mandalorian. Like you kind of, you had that wonder I do feel like it was weird that they tied it in so hard and made an entire episode. Like it's almost like that should have just been another Mando episode rather than part of the book of Fett and then have a crossover after this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do see like where the context all plays in. So it's, it's less of a worry. And it was just fun. It was a fun, epi- like a fun scene, like the fight on the, 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 the walk bridge and they took their backpacks off. So if you fail, you were done kind of thing. It was, it was well, well, well done duel. And I, I kind of want to know, go ahead. Honestly, very Kurosawa that like, okay, let's duel. To me, I love the fact that they've taken all these different genres and thrown them together and made this series. Like for me, that's what's so enjoyable about it is to watch these little 
pieces and parts of, of movie history and tropes and everything come alive in, in, in new ways and, and be pieced together like that. Totally. And the fact that, and I was sort of just like, I think we're up to probably 20 or 25 different fight sequences that take place on outdoor catwalks within the star Wars canon. You'd, you'd think they'd stop building catwalks because like people just keep dying off of them. They're like, you know, maybe, maybe we should enclose these things like <laughs> from a structural standpoint, you know, and also how are they like, I guess that this is probably a thing that involves physics, but if the ship is slowly rotating through space, how are they staying on the catwalk? I had the same question because there's no gravity. Yes. And there's never been well, context of magnetic boots. No. Well, so as a large object spins in space, right? Presumably as it's moving, it's creating that centripetal, centripetal, centrifugal, centrifugal. Thank you. There you go. You got it. Force. I got it on the fourth or fifth try. <clears throat> um, and so that's the, that's the catwalk was centrifugal force. So it's now. spinning it at the, at the correct rate to hold people in place. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to spin that fast to create, you know, 0.3, 0.4 G, um, mm-hmm. which is enough to keep you on the ground. You know, it, it would have been cooler if it was 0.3 and the, you'd, you'd see them, you know, hopping around and stuff like like the astronauts on the moon. But um, yeah, presumably that was what was happening there. That was at least the story that I told myself in my head. It was also presumably making the sword really heavy, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was the force doing that because it's a it's a half Mando, half Jedi object. So correct. Because he was just hacking away at that. Like it, it was I was like, oh my God, is it are they doing this specifically? And then when the other Mandalorian, the armor says, you have to learn to work with it and not against it. And then you could see it get heavier and heavier, and you're like, how did he just take out everybody else in the butcher shop? And yet now he's having so much trouble. I went back and watched that scene for that very reason. And he was having the same trouble in that scene as he was in, in the fight scene. Um, oh, if you watch okay. that scene, like he's kind of getting his ass kicked too, at the same time while he has a sword, right? Presumably if he's a Jedi, he walks in there, he holds that thing up a couple flips. Everybody's dead in the room. This, he like, you know, he had to battle his way in that room with that sword, even though it did, you know, the damage it did, he still was fighting against it. So it was there. It just, what we didn't know about it yet. So if you, you know, if you find out about it later in the episode, it's fighting against him. You go back and you watch that. And he's like, Oh yeah, he's, he's fighting against it there too. And then also cause he nails his leg with it. Mm, that's right. He does get himself right in this. Right in the he's leg. walking around with a head in the bag on that side. Cause he's too embarrassed to explain what he did. <laughs> And then that's when the back team comes into play when other pseudo armor goes to gives him the little can of back team against the leg. <laughs> Don't need a whole tank, just a little can. Yep. This series is my back team. <laughs> but yeah, spelled in our back. If you're listening back team, we've said it now back team times. <laughs> that's going to be the subtitle for the episode. And then there's the, <laughs> and then there's the age old adage, lose a sword, gain a speeder. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I like that sort of uh, trade-off because if it's not working for you, you might as well get something that does. Yes. I, did anybody else really like that travels a lot 
really enjoy his just like grilling by the TSA droid. That's like, no, you can't bring your weapons on the plane. And he's just like literally just nails, like all kinds of stuff that you didn't even know. And it's like, there's like a bat cable and all of this stuff just keeps oh, coming yeah, out. When he's sitting there pulling it out and you're like, Oh God, I feel you. <laughs> I was waiting for him to like pull his boot off and like dump some stuff out of the boot. Like I needed, I needed like one more joke in there to really be like, all right, now we're over the top. But the joke but, yeah. lands with the joke lands with him going, I know whatever I know everything that's uh, in there. I know there. everything that's in there totally. Because anybody who's traveled has said that to somebody when they had to check their bag, like uh, like they check their bag. I know what's in there. Yeah. Leave leave much alone. Like <laughs> I've i I respected that phrase when he did that. And then when he opened it up to like make sure that it was all in there and you could see see the relief that everything like the sword was still in there and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think he would have been more upset about like losing some of the stuff from his bandolier than he would have been about the dark saber because at least the stuff in the bandolier he can use. Yeah. So that brings us to the magic that is Amy Sedaris in this episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could like her any more than I already liked her, but you open it opens with her like chasing some sort of womp rat or some it, evil little lizard. Not around. some sort of womp rat. It was a womp rat. And the droids are just totally freaked out. And apparently now we have an entire group of droids that are all from batteries not included. Like, I don't understand <laughs> how they ended up on Tatooine. But they're well, there. You were, we were talking about budget earlier, you know. Yep, yep. Being yep. an issue. That's Practical. that's how. Yeah, it's like, hey, just uh, grab all that uh, those droids from uh short circuit can we got we got one from short circuit too Is yeah, there, yeah. How, how many how many hollywood droids can we throw in here some extras from the brave little toaster <laughs> <laughs> it's the dust buster that, that didn't make it into the brave little toaster <laughs> like when we got a vacuum that's fine we don't need the dust buster <laughs> put it in star wars that'll be fine we'll just and then she gets like attacked by the long rat and you know and then like the like totally on the nose but she's like what an entrance as he blows the thing all to hell and it was like okay great so i'm thinking what is what does she have that he needs mm -hmm. and he's so like you just see like and as much as somebody who can wearing a full face helmet can look totally disappointed she pulls the dust cover off of the starfighter and he's just like really what is this <laughs> this fucking guy yes exactly <laughs> amy sedaris is that person in this episode but the it was almost a throwaway line when she's she's like so i dated a jawa and that made everybody pause wait what sorry and then the beat they're beat. hairy really <laughs> hairy really hairy <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I love it when they show up and she just casually chats and Jawi Jawi's to them. And you're just like, yes. Oh yeah. You see, you did, you did. Of course. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> that makes total and sense. I don't, do, did you guys catch the Jawa that tried to pick her up? Mm -hmm. That was, that oh. was, that was so smooth. It was like, it was, was like no, was I'm working on myself right now. I think that was, maybe, but, I think yeah, that was yeah. the sort of running joke is that that was the one that she had dated and was uh. still trying to help her out. Yeah, e either way, but just the, oh, I'm just working on myself right now, but thanks. Was, oh, my God, uh, I totally just, missed that. I'll have to oh, look at it. go back and watch it. It's so <laughs> yeah, priceless. It's really well done. Yeah, like, and I don't, you know, knowing Amy Sedaris, I mean, I, I presume that John Favreau would have written that in there, but that also could be like a Amy Sedaris ad lib that she threw in there, which would have been like, oh, perfect. So I, I recently heard a story um, 
by David Sedaris about Amy when she came home from college the first time, you know, and just like sort of speaks really well to her sense of humor. So she was studying theater and she borrowed a, a, a fat suit from the theater department and she wore it home on her first visit home. And you know, just total straight face the whole time. And like her father had a family meeting about what had happened to her while she was in school. (laughs) So hearing that story makes me think that the line about they're really hairy was probably just Amy Sedaris going, this would be really funny. And now it's canon. Yes, Yes. exactly. Exactly. She She built Star Wars canon on a whim and it's great and it's stuck. Yes. And then, yeah. then you have your A-team moment. You have your, your vehicle building montage. And if I could take one piece away from that and put that into today, I want the little droid that tells me where things go. When I'm, building, <laughs> when I'm building kid toys or working on the car, I would just love sometimes for a little like visual to come up and be like, this is where this goes. Yeah. Uh, imagine how many of those little fuckers Ikea could sell. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. They'd rake it in. But they'd only speak Swedish. Like <laughs> I don't care. As long as they understand, hey, where does this part go? And they're like, oh, I got you, bro. But I mean, it'd be even funnier if all they spoke was Swedish. I mean, <laughs> long as the opticals work, right? Like you just need to be able to see the part come over and go, oh, okay. That's that's what we're doing there. That makes sense. Thanks, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, Hot Rod, Naboo, and one Starfighter all day. I love I too say. that they they have like I don't know if you notice this or not, but you know back in the fifties, the air intake you know was just this round thing that sat on top of engines, right? Mm-hmm. And it, they would cut a hole in the hood for that thing to stick out, and so very deliberately prop people whoever put that on that ship, and I was like, oh my god, that is just so great. Just I great. That, I love that they had that moment when they were talking pre-pro about what that ship has looked like. He's like, fine, I will take the Naboo cruiser, but it will not be yellow. We will <laughs> not make it as as the American graffiti line goes, piss yellow. I will yep. not make a piss yellow deuce coupe. Uh, it will be Mando, Mando Silver. I just I love the fact that it now has like the like the version of Space NOS basically. But when she's trying to explain like what the switch on the dashboard does, cause he's like, wait a minute, like there should, and and she's like, no, I did this and this and this. And you know, if you hit that switch, you're probably going to evacuate your exhaust manifold. And I was like, oh my God, she just made a shit joke. (laughs) Star Wars shit joke. I love it. When he's looking at the two cops and they're like, you know, uh, do you know anything about this thing with a razor crest? And he like looks at the button. I was like, yep, there we go. <laughs> hey, bye. Well, like and, the and was Andrew going jet back out, which is exactly. <laughs> 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 and, and well, so my, my kid, so in our household too, we watch a lot of Kim's convenience. If you guys haven't watched that, uh, mm-hmm. highly recommend great, super like, you know, funny kind of sitcom stuff. Um, Canadian, but it's all about a uh, Korean family that comes to Canada actually and has a convenience store, hence Kim's Convenience. Uh, but the main character in that uh, is the same guy who's the uh, 
a New Republic um, X-Wing pilot, the older guy the, uh, with the white beard that looks like mine. Same, same dude. And so my kid, 15-year-old, sitting next to me, she goes, oh, look, it's Kim's Convenience. And I was like, yes, it is. And, of course, he was in whatever season two uh, on the Ice Planet, I think, is when those other X-Wings showed up because the, the whole yeah. banter back and forth, like, you sound familiar. And the the young cop is the stunt performer who was the stand-in for, he was the stunt performer that did Luke Skywalker in this, the season finale of the Mandalorian last season. Oh, look at you with your little, little nuggets. Well, it's one of those things that it's like, I immediately go and look online. I was like, okay, what kind of beta is this on there? Cause there's just so much stuff that I know I'm missing. And I'm like, I know this is a reference to something. I just don't know what it is. Um, and then there's some things that I just, again, cause that trilogy of movies is my, like, I'm not super familiar, just not, um, that level of painful CGI causes my eyes to twitch and I really can't like, just can't hang. Um, so I think the thing that is most exciting is this sets us up for an incredible finale for Boba Fett. Um, and also like, how did that work with, with Tamara Morrison, like, did they just say, Hey dude, it's cool. You can take this episode off. Like we just need Fennec Shan. We'll bring you back for the next episode. Well, he was, I, I, I actually, I've, I've been on good authority. He was in a real life back to tank because he is, um, he is actually Yul Brenner. Uh, if you look <laughs> at Yul Brenner and Tamara Morrison, they're the same dude. Um, you know, Yul, he's, he's basically an invincible being like Highlander. And, you know, he's just changing his name throughout time. So I think he probably was, you know, in the back to tank in real life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I'm going to be alive for the quickening, the real life quickening. Um, <laughs> well, I but, mean, that, uh, but, that makes sense. Cause he was Django Fett and now he's Boba Fett. So I don't know, I right. guess maybe at some point, 30 years from now, he'll be baby fat. I, I don't know. Like whatever we're going to call those ones. That is, uh, speaking of that though, that, that brings up my MacGuffin moments. Um, you know, so he, they melt down the spear and they want to make some armor for another foundling. The foundling of course is, is grow grew. And, um, I don't know if y'all noticed this or not, but he, you know, he pulls out the package when he's on the transport. Do y'all notice it looked just like Grogu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it was by, and I was like, and then what's in there, right? Like you saw this, these, what looked like chain link armor, maybe. Yep but you still don't know what's in that little package, which is also kind of genius, which I, I don't know about you guys. I'm hoping that Grogu doesn't show up during this season. I'm wait. I want him to be next season. Cause I think it would be, it'd be jumping the shark. If he shows up, how cute will he be in his little chain link poncho? Right. Little cup of coffee, chain link poncho. It's going to be heavier than he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have to stay in his little, his little bassinet. Well, that actually will probably keep him in the bassinet, actually, because if he's got like a little like Grogu sized chainmail vest, yeah, he's not going to be able to go anywhere. You watch him put it in, it just sinks. <laughs> <laughs> Only like this high <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> What's Scraping. wrong with a pram? Yeah. <laughs> like a like a Buick with bad suspension. <laughs> Armor too heavy, pram will scrape. <laughs> I also want to know what Grogu's lightsaber is going to look like. You know, is it going to be basically like a little, like kind of toothpick size? What are we, what do y'all think? Or does he get dark saber? 
<gasps> but then he has to defeat Mando in combat to get it, though. Well, hasn't every Jedi had to face off against their master at some point in time? Oh, see, look seems at you! Be, right seems in the to lore. be the rolling theme. Yes, I know. I kind of, I'm kind of hoping for like a little tiny gold saber, like a temple guard, like just a little, like a you know, like, like I, a cocktail how, toothpick. Yeah, I mean, drink? tiny. How is he gonna pick it up? I mean, it's a lightsaber. Else, like you know, he's just singeing people's ankles. Like I, I don't know how this is gonna work because he's so small. Visual jokes. Well, you know. It worked really well for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Visual jokes are yeah, they're fantastic for podcasts. Good point. So I, I think, you know, now that we're looking at the, the, the backside of the FET season and we've got no fewer than six Star Wars uh, shows coming up, we've got Obi-Wan, we've got Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic. We have a couple that I don't even like, I don't know what Andor is. Like I our listeners are going to have to tell us all three of them. Cause I have no idea what, what part Lando, of the star Wars really can Billy D be a part of it somehow. The ghost of Billy D Daniel Glover did such a good job as baby Lando though. I know, but it's still going to be, it, that's a, it's an interesting series to try and put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's going to yeah, be, cheating but you're going to watch. Yeah. You're going to watch. Everybody's uh, going to watch. That's the thing. This is, you know, this is star Wars version of the marvel you know universe right it's yeah. how far how far out can we take it if they make atlanta in space i'll be really happy because it, <laughs> it's going to be the same series it's going to be the dude who just becomes the legend in the part of the town that he's in by fumbling his way into it because that's sort of the lando calrissian way yeah uh it's not it's not uh it's falling with style right it's not crashing it's falling with style correct so it sort of prompted me to think about this question. So like, and because we're all completionists when it comes to these things, right, we're going to watch these series one way or the other, but if we had to put ourselves in star Wars canon, are you a Jedi? Are you an Imperial? Or are you somewhere in between somewhere in this sort of like scruffy nerf herder scoundrel territory, but you can only pick one and it can't be situational. Well, if we're going to, if we're going to change if we're going to look at this through the lens of another nerd universe, uh, myself as a Ravenclaw, I will probably end up in some form of nerf herding scoundrel. Okay. Uh, I don't see myself glorious enough to be uh, rebel scum, and I don't feel myself um, brainwashed to be imperial. So I think I would end up being somewhere in the fetish range. So bounty hunter as it's convenient, spice runner. Yeah. You know, okay. How about you, Chad? Um, most people that know me well say I have an overwrought sense of justice. So, uh, call it a Jedi, call it rebel scum. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to always be on the side of right. So I, I, I probably will, you know, go out in a blaze of glory attacking, uh, the death star and my X-wing fighter, but, uh, that would be where I land. Cool. That's cool. I, I definitely identify on the, on the scoundrel end of things because the, it just looked like Han and Lando were having way more fun than everybody else. Like, and, oh, and no, yeah, no question. And, and when they weren't having fun, it was because they were dealing with other people's agendas, like if left to their own devices. And also think of the stories 
right there. And that's sort of why I was sad to see, obviously Harrison Ford's 80. Now, how long could he continue to be Han Solo? Although allegedly he's coming back as Indiana Jones one more time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Indiana Jones and the, Haunted rocking chair. <laughs> the Walker of Doom. <laughs> the Walker of Doom. The Haunted Rocking Chair is a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, if it isn't, it needs to be. He talked about that whole chair that one time at the award show. <laughs> oh, Chad's gone digital. Wow, he Chad oh, is now in a, the Matrix. Yeah, or wasn't that a was that a was that a, a Yep, and we've lost him, folks. There's a glitch in the matrix, folks. Yeah, they, you can actually see the green and, and, and black coating behind him, which is pretty impressive. That's true. The uh, the camouflage <laughs> is finally kicking in. <laughs> Why don't you pop out and come back in, then we'll, we'll say our... Yeah, I'll wrap it up. I'll be right back. Okay. Jetpack out! <laughs> Yeah, I can see I can see you and I both running in the uh nerf mm-hmm. scandal territory for sure. Yeah. And also like very fond of Wookiees. Um yeah. and we we finally needed to have a Wookiee rip somebody's arm off in this series and we got that. And I'm just I'm glad he didn't kill him. <laughs> but it was that was a really good scene too. Like if you want to think about like the context of needing the muscle but also learning a lesson and mm-hmm. coming back and and taking that valued lesson away in that moment um, was super cool. So even though he's got all that brawn, he's got a little brain in there, no enough to like not lose his place in Tatooine for any reason. I mean, I think you're seeing a nice character arc for all of these characters. Um, yeah. even if the back teen tank was a little bit of a, like, really we're back in the tank again, guys, like, hello. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where Boba ends up because he's the Rodney Dangerfield of crime bosses right now. Like he's not getting any respect. It's true. He might as well wear a big fat plaid tie. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> All right. So X-Wing, Y-Wing, or A-Wing? If you had to pick one to ride around in, which way are you going? Uh, I got to go with X-Wing simply because of maneuverability in um, uh, shitty situations because the wings telescope in and out. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get through... Um, like meteor fields and stuff like that also. And this is just purely like my own complete nerddom. So when I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago, you can hack into all of these things in the data pad app. And I was able to turn the X-Wing on, like, I mean, turn it on, but like the lights come on and like smoke shoots out of it. And I was so satisfied myself with myself. I was like running around in little hamster circles and everybody sort of just like cut me a really wide berth. <laughs> she okay? Yeah. Yeah. But I spent three hours doing that. Like, cause it's like everything in Batu is interactive. So like yeah. you scan things, you play puzzles and it was like, it took me a, like sort of an embarrassingly long time to figure out that the puzzles were actually way simpler than I thought they were. Like I was expecting <laughs> a level of difficulty that was not there, but yeah, getting the X-Wing to turn on. And I was like, yeah, yes. How about That's, you? Well, when I was growing up and watching Star Wars for the first time, for some reason, I aesthetically fell in love with the Y-Wing. Okay. But okay. then I realized just how infeasible owning one would be. Cause it's like driving a bus. Yeah, it's, it's, it corners like a dump truck. Yeah, exactly. So when I think about things that corner better than a dump truck, and I like sort of that little compact size, give me an A-wing. Give me, give me a, uh, an AT-AT takedown machine any day. Yeah, something uh, you just blow out the cable and run around their legs six or eight times, and you'll be all good. 
Yeah. It's like a golf GTI. It's like riding around a little, you know, two door, two door Volkswagen. Yeah. But it has that, uh, evacuation port. You got to be careful of, you know, the that's, exhaust. That's manifold. true. That's true. All right. Let's see if Chad has called back from the matrix yet. And, and I'm waiting for him to have those little like, uh, Nez Ponce glasses that, uh, <laughs> that Lawrence Fishburne had. Is it working now? Yeah, you're oh, good. Yeah, you're just, good. Yeah, whatever piece of aluminum foil you attach to the uh, aerial, just leave it there, okay? We should be fine. All right. Good. <laughs> All right, Chad, I posed this to Mary while we were while we were waiting for your uh, imminent arrival. Uh, if you were to pick between an X-wing, a Y-wing, and an A-wing, which way would you go? Oh, I, I mean, X. It's just not because it was that was such a huge part of my childhood growing up, and it was the first time you ever saw something really badass, like, in space. So, um and and just over time like it just seems like such a uh, such a rad vehicle all right i can dig it awesome thanks for tuning into this episode of lawn beers if you dig the show subscribe to our podcast on anchor fm spotify or your favorite podcast platform followed immediately by convincing your group of freaks and geeks to join you We'd also love it if you could leave us a review. It will help us get out to more of the listeners just like you. Hit us up anytime on Twitter at at LawnBeers or shoot us an email through our website at LawnBeers.com. You uh, don't have to stop drinking. You can just take your chair and get off our lawn until the next episode, though. Get off my lawn. I'm going to buy you a sweatshirt that looks like a closet door. (laughs) So good. I mean, I think the real housewives exist just so we can drink wine. Uh, he says us like he's a part of the fan club. Like, are you one of the Facebook page? <laughs> Somebody somewhere knows, thank you, I've wanted this for forever. And I know. That fucking <laughs> <laughs>